Well, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm okay. Morning. Morning. Hey, Wayne. Nobody acknowledged me. I'm here too. Whatever. Essentially, yeah. Paul, it it's fuck you. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, Morning, Wayne. Fun. Morning, Aaron. When's Paul, Paul are you on? are you still buying Graham Morrison books? I did this week. Hey, you were supposed to did, buy that shit with me, by the way. Did, that's why we're not acknowledging you. <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> I looked at the book. Oh my god! You know, my my comic shop guy really likes Grant Morrison, and so I was giving him crap about it yesterday. And I said, "So did you understand the book?" No, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> 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 if ever there was a book that I n- didn't understand, it was issue six of Return of Bruce Wayne. Oh my god. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Man, two weeks without the normal intro. <laughs> Paul really, he couldn't do a good you, Aaron. Well, yeah, I did hear that. But, you know, I really, really needed to, you know, get my volcano finish. It was volcanic. But, you know, now now that Aaron has incorporated us across the world. That's right. There are funny books all over the world because we're incorporated now. We have a whole oh. board of directors, the whole thing. And funded by Bruce Wayne. Yeah, look at that. Wow, no energy out of that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know why? Hyper Aaron intro to get us going. <laughs> we need Count Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> did, 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 did 70, you... 70 funny books episodes. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, we showed as much energy in that intro. As J. Michael Straczynski showed on his run on Superman. Man. You guys saw the, the news this week that uh, he's leaving the monthlies? Oh, yeah. I saw that. <sighs> Blows my mind. You know, I, I read the, the article on Newsarama, and he was talking about – he was kind of rating his own work. You know, and he was saying, well, I'm much better when I'm, when I'm you know, writing a, a finite series, when I'm writing a mini or an original graphic novel. Versus his ongoing series work. And what I noticed is they, they kept referring to his run on Spider-Man and the stuff he's done on DC. And I'm like, your monthly work on Thor was probably the best thing you've ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I, 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 I found that to be a glaring omission. Well, and not only that, all of his monthly work, I say in air quotes, is all finite stories exactly. anyway. Yeah. You know, Superman had he has a finite twelve issue storyline. Same with Wonder Woman. Same with Thor. You know, that was a. I mean, he had a finite storyline in mind for all of those. The only one I think he didn't was Spider Man, because mm-hmm. he just went on and on and on with that shit. Well, and the only reason and, you know, he left that, I is... think he, I think he started it with a finite story, because the initial arc is one complete story that stands alone on its own, and then after that, he seemed to get caught up in the monthly thing. For some reason that I, I don't yet understand, the uh, Superman Earth One book sold very well. I was talking to my comic shop guy, and and you know, on very popular trades, he'll stock twenty five of them at the first printing, and he sold all twenty five copies of his Earth Ones before noon on the day of release. Yeah, uh, same with my comic shop guy. He ordered forty, and yeah. you know that that's kind of a heavy order for. Uh, yeah, a, a twenty dollar hardcover. You exactly. Know. You know what that says? That there's a lot of tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was the it was the the first book of its kind. You know, it's it's the first in you know what DC is hoping is going to be the next big thing. So I understand. You know, there was a bunch of hype around it. You know, uh, mainstream media picked it up. But I, I have I have a hard time believing they're going to be able to recreate that for the next one. Yeah, you I know, would venture to say that um, the, 
Superman Earth One really the reason it sold well wasn't because it was a good book. It was because of the press. Yeah. Surrounding it. You know, Batman Earth One will probably sell really well too. Yeah, but, but the difference is is Batman Year One will probably be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and I say that not having read Earth One, it was kind of funny because uh I was on the InStock Trades website and about to uh, purchase Superman Earth One because they've got it for ten bucks. You know they've got it for half off there, and I'm listening to uh, last week's Funny Books and Paul talking about Earth One, and I'm like, oh, oh, and then you know, and then I read your your review, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get that. <laughs> I, I'll wait on that one. See, I still want to. I just don't want to pay that much for it. We can pay ten dollars for it at InStockTrades.com. Hmm, that's not bad. No, not bad at all. And if you order $50 in merchandise, it's free shipping. You know what pisses me off about this whole Straczynski thing, though? The only reason I came on board for Wonder Woman, because I could care less about the character, is that he's taking her in a completely different direction. The book's been incredibly good. And now he's going to flake out on all the people that were just reading it because of what he's doing and hand his notes over to someone else. Maybe the someone else will do a good job. Maybe they won't. But he is the one that has built this following for the book, doing something completely different. And then he doesn't have the professionalism to follow through on his own work. In the case of Superman, that might be a good thing since he's dropping the ball all over the place on Superman. But for Wonder Woman, where he's actually doing a good job, this just pisses me off. You know, and I, when you when you read read the article, it was more like, yeah, Dan DiDio made me do it, and then later on, out of the other side of his mouth, well, this is sort of what I wanted to do anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, which is it? Yeah. Well, and I'm, not only I'm just that. like Wayne. I'm bummed. Well, you know, for a guy who's been in the business for decades, he sure does kind of come across as kind of a whiny bitch in that in that article. You know, I, I was reading that going, do you not really understand after having produced your your own television show for five seasons, after having written the volumes of comics you've written, do you not yet have a concept of, of who you are as an artist? I mean, he just – he really struck me as, as an idiot in that article. Yeah, he, he pretty much pissed me off. Yeah. Next time there's a JMS book that comes out, I'm going to think really hard whether I want to get it or not, yeah. especially if it's a really cool concept that he's starting because you never know. He might walk off in the middle of a storyline again. Yeah. Well, and get th- so they've already announced the replacement writers. Who are the replacements? Phil, is Phil Hester doing the Wonder Woman Phil, book? Yeah, Phil Hester's doing Wonder Woman, which, t- to be honest with you, I'm I think more that's excited a, about than JMS. I, I have to say as well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Phil Hester. But then they have Chris Robertson. I don't know who that doing is. Doing Superman, uh, whose claim to fame is a Fables miniseries. Uh, Which miniseries? It's like uh, Cinderella from Fable Town with Love. <laughs> I've that's, read it. Yeah, that, I've that, read I'm looking at his Wikipedia stuff, page. Yeah. That is his sole comic work. And I'm not saying that he's a bad writer because I've not read the series. I'm sure he's a great writer. Um, well, I'm not sure of it, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he has his Paul following. approved. <laughs> but Superman, really? Yeah, you're giving this guy Superman. It couldn't be worse than what's being printed right now. Well, yeah. you know, DC has really shot themselves in the foot with the whole Superman thing. I mean, really, Superman hasn't been in the universe for how many years? You know, he's either been off on at New Krypton or, uh, you know. Doing this walkabout thing. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me why you're not going to have your your big character engaged in your world. You know, and you've had Batman off scene. You've got Wonder Woman off scene now. I don't get it. And the fact that they're continuing with his story notes. It's like obviously this, you know, Grounded was a big deal when it first came out because it was, again, the press. The press latched onto it. Superman's walking by this book. So Superman, the first issue of the run, sold like gangbusters. And then everyone realized, okay, this sucks. Yeah. Well, how, you know, do you guys know have a sense of, of how it's selling? Because I know it's selling for shit at my comic shop, but I haven't looked at the national sales numbers. I know it's not getting my money anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't I did know. Pay for. But uh, I venture to say probably not as well as certain other books in the DC library. Not as well as Superman should be selling. How about well, that? I know Wonder Woman went from like a, an 80s performer out of the top 100 to like a, a, mid, a mid-list performer like in the 40s. But uh, 
I haven't seen the numbers on Superman. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know, but I just wish they'd just scrap it. You know, he's off the story. It's not that good anyway. Yeah, I don't understand. I I think most people are kind of like where we are with, 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 with Grounded, that it's just not very good. And so I would love to see the Justice League show up going, hey, what are you doing walking around? This big thing's going on over here. And then go do that and be done with that story. Batman showed up and tried that, but it didn't work. <laughs> and it was still a bad issue. I just, I, I'm surprised they didn't get someone of a bigger name. And maybe it's just, you know, they, they got someone who would write J. Michael Straczynski's story. Yeah. You know, but for that, just get Kieran Gillen. Yeah. Well, you know, he was able to, he was able to do that uh, <laughs> over on Thor. You know, I feel sorry for the poor writer who has to come and pick up from his notes. If, if I got the job of going to write Superman, I'd want to write my own Superman story. I wouldn't want to have to work from JMS's crappy notes. You know, I think if I were the writer that took over, one of the first things I would do would be rip up most of the notes. Yeah. I'd start off with him making the realization, oh, hey, I'm being a really bad husband. Yeah. I'm not being a good Superman either. This really was kind of stupid. I'm going to go back to my life and quit being a deadbeat husband. Well, and let's be honest. DC really should be, I won't say ashamed, but they should apologize to the fans. They made this huge deal about these 12 issue runs on wonder woman and superman with these defined story arcs and then four issues in they're like oh well you know we're just going to give him a new writer you know but they're continuing from his notes well you know it's not the same well you know I've, i've kind of gotten to that place in my life where i don't trust what comic publishers tell me anymore you know, because they'll promise a, a, a 12 issue run on a book. You know, for instance, Batwoman was in the Detective Comics was supposed to be 12 issues and only went seven. Oh, darn. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, I, I know you didn't care for it, Tim, but that was a huge seller for D.C. You know, it was a very successful book. It wasn't that it wasn't making sales. It wasn't that it wasn't popular. It's just they decided midstream. Let's do something else. Because one guy from Wisconsin wrote a thousand hate mails. <laughs> damn you tim but you know here here we are we, we we're sold you know a 12 issue series by jms and jm you know dc and jms said eh, we're gonna send him somewhere else and this is what i think is wrong with monthly books you know that they, they they're they're getting you to buy that monthly series they're not encouraging you to get in and stay with the monthly series. You're better off, I think, waiting for the trade. Because then, and in this case, Straczynski was just writing for the trade anyway. He's giving us all that that line of BS about not really wanting to do a monthly. He wasn't writing a monthly anyway. It was coming out monthly. It was monthly-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting into this storyline and and just kind of uh, having the rug pulled out under you. So I picked up Spider-Man 648 this week, right? And I won't that, go too deep into my review. Is amazing that Amazing Sp- Spider-Man? Yes, I'm sorry. Amazing Spider-Man 648 this week. And uh, I'll talk about it a little bit on Funny Books Offline, but long story short, loved it. And I'm like, okay, I, I can read Spider-Man again. And then they release a preview image for the February releases. Marvel releases a teaser image that says the death of Spider-Man coming in February. And I'm like, Son of a bitch! <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 son of a bitch! <laughs> so I have four months with good Spider-Man before they kill him. Didn't JMS already do that? And then you'll have Reign of the Spider-Man. Four months was that? Fifteen issues? <laughs> well, no, they're they're back down to bi-weekly. But and, you'll have uh, Reign of the Spider-Man. You'll have you know Spider-Boy. You'll have the Cyborg Spider-Man. And, uh, <laughs> and, and albino spider-man with anti-venom there you go well and i don't know if it has anything to do with what we're talking about with jms leaving superman but like a day later um, dc comics post this te- teaser image of the uh, old superman bleeding symbol that says doomsday will reign r-e-i-g-n uh-huh like rainsboro they're copying um, us. Is that what you're saying? That's what they're doing. They're Doomsday ripping is us coming off. to Rainsboro. <laughs> Suckers. 
so uh, maybe maybe uh, that's how they're gonna say, you know what, JMS is off the title. Let's just throw Doomsday in there. That feels grounded to me. What about you guys? <laughs> as bad as they've watered down Doomsday, it does kind of fit. Yeah, I, Doomsday I, I, will have fans at that point. I kick <laughs> his butt. Uh, it was just a. Uh, it, it's been an interesting week in comics, and there's been a lot of deaths, really, um, which leads us into this week's new comic releases. That's right. I got to tell you, Thanos Imperative number six of six did not disappoint. No, and I, uh, just. Let's go ahead and put the spoiler warnings on because there was too much death this week to not talk about. Um, so you've been warned. Okay, and I'm going to throw up air quotes around death because I'm not convinced that uh, that uh, some of the folks who, you know, they claim to have died at the end of the book actually died because it all happens off panel. But I got to tell you, I have loved Thanos Imperative every issue and I've loved, you know, uh, each issue more than the last this is the way you do an event comic. This series was fan freaking tastic. Can't wait for it to come out in 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 the collection. Uh, hoping bunches of extras. The artwork in this book is outstanding. Uh, that scene where you've got uh, it cuts to Galactus fighting the Galactus engine at, there at the fault. Um, you know, with the big eye blast. It's just a beautiful page. You've got these great scenes with uh, Lord Marvel uh, and Thanos. The book is just beautifully produced. The writing is fantastic. Uh, it's clever. It's poignant. I, I just I dug this on every page. And uh, I I'm basically going to echo your statements. Uh, this was a fantastic read. All six issues loved it. And this is from someone who hasn't been following the. The, that you know the Marvel Galactic universe mm-hmm. um, for for a while. You know, I mean, I, I only read a couple of issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I loved this book. And uh, hey, you know, I, I guess we know why Nova's not in the Secret Avengers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and here's the spoiler part: at the end, you know, the 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 characters have been fighting the uh, bad guys from the cancer verse, you know, the universe where life has, uh, has won over death. There is no death. So things just continue to grow and grow at, at, a, at a disgusting rate with lots of Cthulhu type creatures. They defeat all of, all the bad guys there. And that universe is beginning to crumple in on itself. And star Lord and Nova hang back to make sure Thanos doesn't escape because, Thanos has got a big, 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 big mad on, and he's like, you know, this is all your fault, and I'm going to come to your universe, and I'm going to kill everybody there. And they're like, holy crap, we got to keep Thanos here. And they do, and so pres- presumably they're dead because that universe collapsed on them. However, we don't see that on panel, so uh, you know, odds are we're going to see them later on. Yeah, I mean, it set them up to eventually come back, but uh, you know, right now, Star-Lord and Nova... Uh, even if they survived, they're stuck in a collapsed universe that can never be reopened. Uh, I don't know if Abnett and Lanning are planning on bringing them back one day or if they're leaving it open for another writer to use them. I hope they brought a deck of cards with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have Thanos there. He's entertaining. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what I was really encouraged about is that there is a follow-up story uh, to this arc. Uh, Thanos Imperative Devastation comes out shortly um so we know that they are continuing on with some of those stories we do know that rocket raccoon and uh groot are receiving their own miniseries i i'm i'm this was a perfect cap to the to the stories that started with annihilation a couple of years back nova and star lord were very close characters in that first Annihilation story. And so they, they were peers and they, they encouraged each other. So it was nice to see that storyline cap out in this book. Again, fantastic read. Thoroughly enjoyed the Thanos Imperative. Now, um, I, I do have one qualm before we move on from the Thanos Imperative, which is the lack of attention paid to the death of Drax. Yeah, they really didn't. You know, Thanos killed Drax in the prior issue. And issue four, I think, at the end. Oh, was it four? Okay. Um, and yeah, no one's really paid attention to that. And I guess maybe that's because there's been a whole lot of death going on. Yeah, and you see a statue in the in the last page or yeah. near the last page. But you know, I mean, not just Drax, but Adam Warlock mm-hmm. um, and Phyla. Phyla. You know, a, a lot of characters died, but really the main ones that got recognition were Star Lord and Nova, which deservedly so. 
But it just kind of struck me as odd that Drax has been in the Guardians of the Galaxy this whole time. Right. And his death really was just brushed off. I agree. I agree. Now, one of my uh, favorite favorite panels, Paul, is you know Nova laying the smack down on the Cancerverse Thor. And, you know, Thor exclaims, Fatagan! And he's like, yeah, like, that's a real word. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) This was a great book. It was, it was. And you know what? More people died this week, too. Because, uh, as predicted, there was a death in New Avengers number six, and it's who we all thought it was. It was Mockingbird? No. (laughs) Lame. I have no idea who it was, because I don't read it. And, and that is your loss because, again – and, you know, Paul, you're right. This was an, a really a very strong week for comics because New Avengers was terrific. I loved every page of this book. I loved almost every page of the book. Okay, which page didn't you love, Paul? The last page of this book bugged the shit out of me. Okay, is that last page of uh, The Nanny Cometh? <laughs> no. The preview um, page? No, this is where Hellstrom, after all this happens, oh, walks yeah. out and decides to give the crowd a lecture. Yeah. And okay. I'm like, <laughs> a Superman lecture. Yeah, the Superman lecture. <laughs> yeah, from you the know, son Theodore, of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, F. Woodrow Wilson once said, you know, whatever. You know, it's like, come on. This is Hellstrom. Seriously? Put a shirt yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, Loved the book, um, but I really wasn't surprised at the death. And I got to say, it, it kind of frustrates me that the, all this effort was spent in getting, spoiler again, Dr. Voodoo as the Sorcerer Supreme, just to axe him, you know, like a year later. I don't think he's dead. Again, oh, this is common. Yeah. Uh, I think that because what they show you is that he is facing the eye of Vishanti or is that Vishanti or, or Agamotto? Agamotto. Okay, so he's facing the eye of Agamotto and uh, uh, it's all white and, 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 and bleached out looking and whatnot. I think that uh, I think that he'll be back and I think he'll come back further enlightened. I mean, come on, let's be serious. While while we have all enjoyed Brother Voodoo as the Sorcerer Supreme, he's been a kind of rotten Sorcerer Supreme. And I think this is where he'll go and learn his wisdom. My guess is he's back in 12 issues. I think he got P-wiped. I'm just saying. That was a pretty good explosion there. Yeah, you see ribs and everything. And die is italicized on the cover. D-I- <laughs> He'll go and learn that Dr. Strange sells better than he does. <laughs> <laughs> or that they both suck in sales. Or that. Yeah. No, I'm a great book. I mean, absolutely great book. I, I you know, again, it just seems like a little bit of a cop out that Dr. Voodoo died, but hey, you know, that means more Dr. Strange. But it just seems like all that effort in getting him ramped up. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And you know, I wonder how this would how this story would have gone had his uh, own series been a little bit more successful. You know, I'm wondering how much of this was planned to bring him into the new Avengers when he had his own series. Well, and here's one thing that we, uh, we talked about this with Rick Remender, you know, he, you know, we, we actually spoke to Rick Remender right after the cancellation of Dr. Voodoo was announced. And he said, you know, and we said, are, you know, are you doing anything with the character? He's like, no, Marvel has other plans for that character. So, Killing him. <laughs> yeah, so, so now, now we know what the plans for Doctor Voodoo were. Um, so I don't, I, you know, that just kind of interesting little side note there. So you know, his brother who has been dead for a while, he po- he pops back in and possesses Luke Cage at, towards the end of the book. Gets all ticked off at Doctor Strange. I'm wondering if they're planning on doing something with him. If uh, Daniel will become the the new uh, brother Voodoo. You know, I don't care. Two possessions and three issues. If it was my mom, then he'd be down. (laughs) That's twice. You're down. You should end him. And, um, you know, I I spoke about Avengers number five, right? The the Brian Michael Bendis Avengers number five that everyone hates. Yes. Um, And I said in that. In that issue, there was what they claimed was the single most important Marvel panel of the year, which was essentially like um, kind of like the uh, Booster Gold chalkboard with a timeline of all this, these hints at future events. And one of them does say Voodoo's Revenge. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's his brother get, getting revenge or if Dr. Voodoo will somehow come back as a villain. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Interesting. I think this book was, was just beautifully drawn. Uh, Amonin really knocked this out of the park. All six issues uh, thoroughly enjoyed the artwork. And I, the, the writing was just spot on throughout the entire thing. Loved it. Yeah. Dug it. And uh, it looks like uh, Iron Fist is going to keep his white costume, which is okay with me. I hope they got the insurance on that mansion because it's already trashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think Luke Cage filled out the homeowner's policy? He better have. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have a miniseries on that. You know, a miniseries that takes place between when Cap handed him the keys and when he actually walked up to the mansion. And they'll call it uh, New Avengers Prime or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Avengers Prime, the uh, bi-monthly Avengers Prime book, issue four of five, came out this week. Uh, Wayne, you read it. What'd you think? I I enjoyed parts of it, but there was a lot that bothered me in this book this month. What bothered you? Um, Well, we see the whole conversation between the, the three of them. Where Thor is talking about how he feels about Loki's death and mentioning that, you know, it was Loki's own fault and that he's not sure how he feels about it. Yet in the recent Thor issues, he's a whiny little bitch who wants to bring Loki back from the dead. We've got all these, you know, if this is supposed to be where they bond, shouldn't Tony Stark have a redeeming quality of some sort in the course of this (laughs) miniseries? Anything. I did enjoy the conversation where they're talking about Patsy Walker and whether any of them ever hit that. And Thor mentions that he did. I kind I enjoyed that. That was a fun little scene. I enjoyed this huge dragon that we saw a couple issues ago showing back up. You know, and the, there wasn't really much Iron Man could do with him. But Thor just takes him out in like a panel. But overall, I mean, this goes against everything that's going on in Thor right now. Which kind of bugs me, except I'm not reading Thor. Because I, I tried the new storyline and just didn't care for it. Yeah. And I just don't see the bonding aspect of this with, you know, with a really unredeemable Iron Man in it. I uh, I also I got really excited when Bor showed up. You know, Same here. Back, brings back the father of Odin. It's like okay, shit's gonna get real. Oh no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. One page later. <laughs> yeah, I, I got real excited when I saw Bor appear, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna be great because I really enjoyed those those uh, stories in uh, in Thor, and Hel- Hela just dispatches him a page later. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it had so much potential that it just didn't live up to. And that's kind of my reaction to this whole miniseries. I mean, I'm enjoying the individual issues. There are things about this issue I liked, but I had a lot of complaints, and a lot of it is Iron Man. He's just – there's nothing redeeming. There's no reason that this storyline would bond them together to do anything. After this, I would think they would walk away from Iron Man. But don't you don't you find his uh, inappropriate questions endearing? <laughs> <laughs> apparently Thor does. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Thor apparently hit that. <laughs> yeah. Captain America didn't, but she claimed that he did. Right. Yeah. Think like, really? This is what we have in our in an Avengers title. This is what we've been reduced to. See, and I find it actually kind of refreshing because usually these guys are so uptight in the in the classic Avengers stories. It's kind of nice to see these guys just kind of talking like dudes. Every once in a while, they gotta go to the bar, drink, and watch a football game. That's you right. Know what I'm saying, yeah, I kind of dig it. Or play poker. Whatever. I I have very much enjoyed Avengers Prime. Uh, the Alan Davis artwork I think is terrific. I'm really enjoying seeing Asgard and, and the Nine Realms through his eyes. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, 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 I'm all in for, for issue six. I got a kick out of this book. I wish I hadn't read the beginning of Fraction's Thor story because I think that's hurting my enjoyment of this series right now. Oh, I can understand that. I, that Thor story is awful over there in the in the main book. And this is conflicting it all over the place. And, you know, while we're talking about Thor, have you noticed that there is yet another Thor title coming out next week. Astonishing Thor number one. Oh yeah. No, (laughs) I I don't get Marvel's uh, obsession with the Thor books. All of a sudden they're getting ready for a movie. 
they want a lot of Thor books out there for any kind of story that people want to have once the movie comes out. And the regular Thor book kind of sucks. So they're trying to present alternatives, I think. I mean, that's not the only character they're doing that to. I mean, Captain America, they're flooding the market with Captain America books, too. Which also has a movie coming out. Which also has a movie coming out. Um, You know, Wayne and I read Captain America Man Out of Time. Uh, It's Man Out of Time. It's not O-U-T-T-A. Man out of time. Captain Man out of time. <laughs> not, 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 not out of time. I would have probably bought that too. Yeah, that would have, I would have bought that when it came out instead of waiting till everyone told me it was good. With Captain America in hammer pants. <laughs> Starring Flavor Flav. You know, yeah. It is kind of interesting. Neither one of us bought this the week it came out. Yeah, I waited for the reviews because, you know, it's a, it's another Captain America miniseries. It's a retelling of his origin. I'm like, you know, how many times do I need to see his freaking origin? My only issue with the entire book was I didn't like the way they drew Bucky and some of his personality. Other than that, I really enjoyed it. The uh, All leading up to the last few pages, the last few pages made the book for me. You know, after he's awakened in modern day, that beginning storyline is just incredible to me the stuff before he you know before he gets frozen was okay but it was everything after that was what really blew me away and that has me on board for the next issue yeah you know i enjoyed it i hated the cover uh it, it, which is by brian hitch but it's kind of like awful yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i i enjoyed the book it's written by mark wade and the art is by jorge molina and it is essentially a retelling of Captain America's origin um, in that, you know, him and Bucky aren't on a rocket trying to stop a, a, a rocket. They're trying to stop an experimental plane. Uh, Red Skull's nowhere to be found. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, they're not even in costume when they uh, when they try to stop the plane. And, you know, then it cuts to Captain America reawakening. And uh, it's a really well done book. It's well written. Um I'll give it another issue. I don't think I was ex- as excited about it as you were, Wayne, just because I'm a little tired of retelling origin stories over and over and over and over again. You know, and I didn't like the changes they made to the origin. They said for me, the book really started halfway through when he wakes up on the submarine with the Avengers looking down at him. That's when the book started for me, and that's when I started getting excited. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I had. Uh, Last week on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is the uh, cartoon series, was the episode where they awaken Captain America. And it's it's all very similar to this, except for, you know, he doesn't get shot by a crackhead on the street. Um, in the cartoon, anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I just... I, I'll give it another issue. But, you know, th- this almost seems like a wait-for-the-trade kind of thing. Because I don't know how it's going to pan out. Now, it, will this be like Captain America year one? Is it going to be, you know, all throughout his career? I'm not entirely sure what the what the purpose of this miniseries is yet. I think it's just going to be year one. I mean, the focus of it seems like it's going to be, this isn't his time. He doesn't really know what's going on, doesn't know how to react. You know, he never anticipates that a crack whore is going to pull out a gun and shoot him. Just something that's not in, you know, not in his mindset. Poor Cap. Doesn't Cap, have any experience Cap, with the crack whores. Yeah, but only you were there to help him, Paul. Instead of Bucky, he needs Paul. Yeah, exactly. Don't talk to that one. Yeah, don't talk to you. You don't want to. You don't want to go anywhere near her. You don't know where she's been. (laughs) You know who I bet does have (laughs) the American flag will not save you from what lurks over there. (laughs) Not one bit. You know who I bet does have experience with crack horse? Ultimate Thor. You think? Well, Loki does look a little <laughs> bit like a crack whore in this book. <laughs> he does. He does. He, he's got that heroin look about him. Yeah. You know, that, that junkie look. It's Marilyn Loki. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I wasn't as on board with the title as everyone else was after the first issue. It was a little – the first issue I thought was a little bit confusing. This issue, though, I am completely hooked for the rest of the series. I finally figured out what was going on as I read this one, and – it's a, it's really good. Yeah, I, I love the the cutbacks to Nazi era Germany with them working with the uh, frost giants. Yeah, and he 
You're kind of starting to see I, also how all of this fits together. You've got three yeah. different time frames you're looking at, and I think that's what was really throwing me before. But you're mm-hmm. now I'm seeing how all three of these time frames are going to fit together, and I'm excited. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I'm I'm really enjoying the uh, storytelling, and I like how you get to see Loki and Thor actually, you know, friends. They're 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 brothers in the earlier in the earlier years, you know, before they become enemies. Um, I kind of I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, I like the aspect of kind of a different view of Balder. You know, we've gotten used to Balder being such a, a whiny bitch in the main Thor book, and you know, Balder's kind of a badass in uh, in, in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, and I think we're also going to see how Thor goes from being the Thor we see in the first couple Ultimates, where he's got mm-hmm. you know all of this technology t- that's amplifying his powers, and he's got the the hammer that looks like an axe to what he is now in the really horrible Ultimate books that are being printed at the moment. I, I, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I'm hoping they explain how Thor can go from clean-shaven in one panel to scruffy in the next. Do you think that was a god? That? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> He's a god. You, 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 can't, you can't apply your mortal biology to a god, a thunder god. I swear to God, if Jonathan Hickman uses that excuse. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are thunder whiskers. Ah, that, that must See, be it. They are Norn thunder whiskers. <laughs> so, Paul, did you like the book? I enjoyed it. I, I, I really, really dug it. I like the reveal of Baron Zemo's true identity in this book. Yeah, I thought I, I was like, wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah, yeah. it's not the first that's time they've nice done that in the Ultimate Universe where they pull off a mask and it was, I had no clue that's who it was going to be under it. Overall, you know, I mean, it's uh, the only Thor book I'm reading right now and, uh, you know, the only Thor book I'm going to continue to read. And as we said, there's plenty of options out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the Marvel Comics universe is really just going to become the Thor Comics universe. <laughs> Thor and Captain America. <laughs> Yeah, all Thor, all the time. <laughs> Until Iron Man's next movie comes up. That's right. Yeah, then there'll be a million Iron Man series. Again. So, last night, uh, when I was sit- sitting down to read all my comics, I get this note from Wayne that says, Justice League Generation Lost Number 13, we must talk about this. They finally killed Magog. I could not have been happier when I turned the page and saw Magog's head splattered in little blood pools going everywhere. And I think the fact that he blew his own head off. That just adds to it, yeah. (laughs) And there's no question it's not Abe, well, we didn't see the body, or, you know, it's some sort of strange energy. Well, yeah, it's a strange energy, but we see the pools of his head just being blasted away. We see a headless body laying there because his head got blown away. And then we get to see it again two pages later. Well, and they even go go as far as to show the, you know, the skeletal remains of him with his skull, top of his skull blown off. I mean, it is a pretty graphic death scene. Yep, I could not have been happier. I mean, I don't know that this would be my book of the week normally because other than that, the story was good, but it wasn't, you know – it wasn't great. That panel makes me think this may be my book of the week. It's just hard to pick because there were so many really good books this week. But- well, and, and let's further illustrate. It's not just that he blew his own head off. It's that he begged. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. Please don't. No, not like this. And then, bam. He got beaten up. Part of his mask was ripped off. He lost teeth. Then he begged. Well, he killed himself. <laughs> was he jammed into a refrigerator too? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next issue, I think. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they show his head exploding. I mean, you're seeing chunks of brain and tissue and skull. I mean, it is as graphic as it can be. I, I say, really isn't, hope isn't PC that doesn't somebody's like away. son that you guys are reveling in the death of. Just you know. <laughs> well, he's like the great great grandson of FDR. But even FDR wouldn't have liked this guy. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, you know, Max Lord said that, you know, he's protecting, you know, protecting Earth. He is. And he really is. You know, because, you know, he mind controlled him to do this. We know that in Kingdom Come, Magog blows up most of Kansas. So, 
you know, I kind of, ha- I kind of having a hard time faulting Max Lord on this. one. Yeah, I mean, he gets rewarded by the white Lord. light. Now, I do fault Max Lord on pinning the death on uh, Captain Adam, though, because he messes with everybody's minds and makes it look like Captain Adam shot off Magog's head. Which really, I don't know why people are angry about that. I'd be cheering him if he did. <laughs> My only fear is that because Captain Adam absorbed a different kind of radiation, now that he's been thrown into the time stream, that we'll see him go back in time and save him. And I'll be so pissed off if that happens, because I was ecstatic when I turned the page and saw Magog's head blown off. Yeah, I'd like to see Magog out of the books. Yeah. I enjoyed Magog in Kingdom Come. I have not enjoyed him at all in uh, uh, regular DC continuity. Yep, because basically he he was never meant to be a hero that you read month to month. You know, yeah. He was something for Kingdom Come, and he, did it, he was an interesting character there. He hasn't been interesting in a month-to-month basis ever i agree and that's all we have to say about that (laughs) (laughs) does anything else really need to be said magog's head got blown off by himself while he begged like a little girl yep (laughs) i'm happy no don't please (laughs) (laughs) bozunga So, Green Lantern Emerald Warriors number four came out this week, speaking of uh, Brightest Day books, and uh, features the return of Sodom Yacht. Um, I'm hoping it could be Sodom Yacht, it could be Sodom Yacht, I don't really give a shit. Um, Sodom Yacht. <laughs> so damn Yacht. Um, you know, I almost I, bought the book just because I saw that on the cover, because I kind of like the character. I didn't buy the book, but I almost did. Well, you should have, because it was good. It was. I just. I, I want. Are they setting him up as a villain, or it, it's hard to say. You know, I. I kind of think it's not good or bad. I think it's just another. I mean, he. He definitely doesn't yep. want to deal with the Guardians' crap anymore. But like, isn't everybody like that at this point? Well, and shouldn't the Guardians be held to task? I mean, we've been saying that since Blackest Night that you know, the Guardians are are, are messed up and somebody needs to to school them, and Sodom Yacht is just the guy to do it. Because, you know, he's got that per- that people person on his chest. <laughs> he's all about the people. Worst logo ever. The Blair Witch Project. <laughs> he's got the Blair Witch Project on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> Guy Gardner can make a motorcycle with his bike, and Sodom Yacht can only draw a stick figure. That's basically what I got out of that. <laughs> yeah, he's got XKCD on his chest. <laughs> yeah, That's know, great. For those of y'all who haven't read the book, he creates this emblem on his chest because he's going to represent the people's. And so he's got this stick figure inside a circle on his chest, and you know he's rather specious because you know how many how many uh, uh, sentients in the galaxy are not humanoid. So there's there's that for yeah. you. But he has no you know he he's not Kyle Rayner. He doesn't have an artistic sensibility. He is the men's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he is the shit house. Yeah. <laughs> That might be the best comment you've ever said on the air, Tim. <laughs> when he gets arrested and be the women's bathroom, then it'll be on. <laughs> I don't care for his uh, his costume. In addition to not caring for the uh, for the uh, you know his symbol that he's assigned himself and the people that he liberated from uh, Daxum, um, that suit makes him look fat. Just saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care for the lines in it. He just looks—he just looks a little fat, a little thick in the middle. <laughs> just saying, fatty six-pack abs. <laughs> yeah, I wish I looked that fat. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I definitely thought that there was some uh, laugh out loud Guy Gardner moments in this one. Like when he takes that dude up into the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> two feet up and there's no air. <laughs> Six panels. Breathe. Don't breathe. <laughs> breathe. Don't breathe. Uh, and I like how the ice starts forming on him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was another solid book. I thought. Speaking of Green Lantern, did you guys check out the uh, the recently released footage from the Green Lantern movie? Yes, yep. I saw it last night. What did you what did what did you think? I think it looked a little unfinished. I'm a little iffy on it, too. I mean, it looks – I thought it looked really good, but it looks a little too slapstick comedy 
as well. Yes. Oh, gee, you think with Ryan Reynolds? Uh, <laughs> I don't really know else. him from anything other than uh, Wolverine Origins. And, you know, he was playing a slapstick character, so I have no idea what he's like. Didn't you ever see him in Blade 3? I, or Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Shop? I didn't see that. <laughs> Most of those, no. I did see Blade 3, but I've kind of blocked it out in my mind as much as I can. Because you saw too much of the top of his pubic region? Because it was a really <laughs> bad movie. <laughs> uh, I got four words for that clip. Hell, hell Jordan equals fail. <laughs> I hate Hell Jordan. I could care less. I was... After having uh, seen that, I was a little surprised they released it because it does it. You know, it, they're showing a lot of the special effects, and it just doesn't look finished. Well, and here's the bad thing: that's part of the trailer that's coming out next week with uh, Harry Potter. Oh, really? They're releasing the first Green Lantern trailer. Um, so that's, I mean, it may not be finished, finished, but it's finished enough for the trailer. So those are pieces from that trailer. And, um, you know, some of the special effects I thought looked pretty good. The uh, the boxing glove I thought was – I liked the way they did that, that it wasn't too formed, that it was more of a flowing energy. I'm still not sold on the costume, honestly. I'm not either. But Yeah. Well, I got my fingers crossed. Actually, yeah. Tim, you mentioned that you hated it just because it's Hal. I, kinda, I dislike Hal as well, but if you saw the Green Lantern cartoon they did a little while ago – that even though that was Hal, it was really good, and they seem to take a lot of Kyle's personality and give it to Hal, since Hal doesn't have enough personality of his own, in my opinion. Any? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, Green Lantern: First Flight was terrific. The uh, it was one of the the uh, up to that point one of the best DC animated features I'd seen. I totally enjoyed that movie. So speaking oh, uh, of bad ideas, uh, Paul <laughs> and Wayne got Batgirl 15. Yeah, you know, yeah, on the subject of mediocrity, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I I picked up Batgirl number fifteen because even though it was the same writer, they they got one of my favorite artists to do this book, and we were excited about what we read in the preview pages uh, that DC released last week. Um, so Wayne, what'd you think? Well. Unlike you, I didn't care for the art in it. I love the first four pages worth, though. The first four pages of the book were some of the funniest, greatest comics that I read in the last month or so. I mean, I really enjoyed these drawings of here's the origin of Batman and here's Batman and Robin and the Damien with the little devil horns and the pitchfork. All of that was great. The story overall, I enjoyed. I thought it was a you know, a fun popcorn read, which is what I look for in this kind of a book, is just a fun popcorn read. This artist, just like the last one, can't seem to draw a female faith to save their life. At least can't draw Stephanie's. I mean, it's overly elongated in points. The lips, instead of being curved, come to a point which should it never should happen. Never. And, yeah, I have a lot of issues with the face in this book. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, um, as a fan of Dustin Wynn, I don't think he was the right artist for this book. Uh, I think his stuff works better in books like Streets of Gotham or Detective Comics, darker, grittier storylines. Batgirl is more of a fun book, and I don't necessarily think his art suits a fun book style. Um, but that being said, I didn't think the story was all that either. I mean, it was, you know, last, every time we read Batgirl, all we really say is, you know, it was fun, but it wasn't great. You know, and yeah. that's essentially what I have to say about Batgirl number 15. It was fun, but it wasn't great. I won't be picking up 16. I think I am back on board for the very reason that it was fun. I right now don't have a fun book in my in my regular pull. There's a lot of books that have fit this role, and it's almost always a female character book. Spider-Girl was my fun book for a while. Supergirl was my fun book for a while. Batgirl was my fun book, but it had really, really shitty writing in the beginning. This well, one was fun. So, I mean, I think I'm going to stick on for a little while longer because I'm missing that out of, you know, I read different books for different reasons, and I don't have a fun book. So, Do you notice that Wayne's fun books are always the lady books? Yeah, you know, Wayne, yeah. you, if you read Neonomicon by Alan Moore... <laughs> That would fill your fun book quota. <laughs> you know, and I don't 
I don't know why it, it's something about the way they write them. It seems like every time they write a teenage female superhero, they write it as a fun book and it can't be a serious book. And I think that's why so many of those books have fit into that role. You know, Spider Girl, they never took overly serious, but it was a lot of fun. And also it, it hit that need at the time for, I want a Spider-Man story that fits in with everything around clone saga and a Spider-Man story where he hasn't made a deal with Mephisto. That's, changed his life that's what it that's gave, what it gave me for a while but now that it's canceled and they have a new spider girl title that looks really bad i need a different fun book you know you know I, i'm starting to realize that Batgirl is fun because i get to taunt and mock you guys is, is this guys <laughs> how you is this how you guys all felt when we talked about teen titans back in the day yeah like oh damn it tim's gonna talk about teen titans time to make fun of him yep yeah that is, that is pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> You know, but you're saying Red Robin doesn't fill your fun book quota? No. I look for something different in Red Robin. I look for a strong, dark story. I look for a well-organized Tim. So what would you think of Red Robin number 17 that came out this week? Oh, I loved it. If uh, if Magog's head hadn't been blown off by his, you know, by himself, this would have been my book of the week by far. Well, this definitely is my book of the week. You know, I got to say. different reasons. Yeah, um... New Avengers number six, I loved. Thanos Imperative number six, I loved. I liked almost everything I read this week. Red Robin number 17 was my book of the week. You know, looking at that yeah. last page, it just felt right. Bruce is back. Bruce is in a Batman costume. Tim is in Red Robin costume next to him. The two of them are united and working together again. And I just, as I read it, I had this feeling of, this is right. Dick needs to stay Batman over there with Damien. Tim and Bruce should be working together. This is how it should be. And as much as I dislike the whole Batman Incorporated concept and everything going on there, there was that feeling of, you know, everything has finally come together, and this is just right when you the last few pages with the two of them interacting. Paul, how jazzed were you when you saw Cassandra Kane holding up that old Batgirl costume? Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. You know, thank you, Fabian Nicieza or Nicieza or however the hell you pronounce your name, because Cassandra Kane made an appearance in this book, and I was like, hell yeah, that's Batgirl. Fuck Stephanie, whatever her name is. <laughs> Stephanie if only Brown. I could. <laughs> God. <laughs> you can. You just roll the comic up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the Cassandra Kane appearance too. I I like her better like this than I did as Batgirl. I never liked her Batgirl costume. I've always liked. Oh, I the, loved her Batgirl. I've always liked the character, but I've never liked the costume. If she takes Bat Chick as her name, and there's a Bat Chick one, I'm gonna blame. Tim, I'm gonna blame Tim Drake on that. <laughs> Bat Chick, huh? It's got a certain ring to it. No, it really doesn't. I'd buy Bat Chick. Oh. Bat Chick. Bat Woman, Bat Girl, and Bat Chick. I'm not buying a single Bat book right now, but if Cassandra Kane came came back with her own title, I'd be all on that. I loved the old Bat Girl stories. You know, this book was filled with so many great moments. You know, it's it's literally one comic book that is filled with nothing but great moments. You know, there was the Cassandra Kane appearance. There was Tim Drake buying the old um, the theater in front of where uh, in Crime Alley where Bruce Wayne's parents got shot. Tim yeah. Drake bought that theater and is now going to make it his base of operations. Hmm. Then his um, old buddy from like the original Robin series, Ives, shows up. That was cool too. Yeah, Ives yeah. showed up. You've still got him working with uh, I can't even remember the character's name. Thank you. With the original Anarchy as well, I love the interaction where he's basically got his own Catwoman now. Yep. And not only that, favorite moment of the book, and I know, I know, it may be a little gay, but his reuniting with Bruce Wayne. It, it was just a very touching felt moment. right. You know, did they hug it out? They yes. did. They did hug it out, actually. There was a they full took their mask off and they hugged. Full page. And then a they father talk and about son hug. Uh-huh. It wasn't that man boy love association thing. <laughs> it wasn't like an Alan Moore hug. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Cthulhu penis involved. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't see any, but it might have been hidden <laughs> off panel. I said that's just the whole last few pages from the hug on. It just felt right. It's something. So is t- it's something the characters it, have been missing. 
is Tim Drake going to be just telling everybody for the next couple of issues? Told you so. Basically. He, be. <laughs> he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't, but he should be. I mean, he's right. He did tell them all. I'd love to see that next Red Robin. Dick shows up. Tim's like, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, what I like about this appearance of Bruce Wayne is he, he cracks a joke. He smiles. You know, he's like warm and caring. You know, this is like, you know, this isn't like the cold Bruce Wayne that, you know, that they've been portraying for years. You know, he, he's come back and at least the way he's portrayed in this book, you know, he's, you know, he appreciates his family now. And I, I like that. I like that aspect of how he was portrayed in this book. What do you think of his costume? Because this is the first time I've seen this costume. I don't know if he, if, you know, he wore this in uh, Return of Bruce Wayne or any of the others. Yeah, I got to say. Bruce uh, Wayne's new costume? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I got to say, it, it cracks me up that because of all the delays in all the Batman books, the first appearance of Bruce Wayne's new costume is in Red Robin number 17. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I liked it, actually. It's, yeah, it's, I've missed it's the yellow enough. around the symbol. I like seeing that back again. I liked the costume look. It looks different with the lines on it. Yeah, it's definitely got a little bit more of an armor thing to it. Maybe influenced by the movie. I don't know. But uh, well, I, I and, do and like the fact that he doesn't want to die again. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Screw that. I'm armoring up. That's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has Omega Beam protection. Omega <laughs> Beam approved. <laughs> Dead once, shame on you. Dead twice, shame on me. <laughs> you know what I have to say? Next to Batman, they're you know, swinging in the air. The Red Robin outfit doesn't look quite as stupid. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Yeah. You know, I got to say, it's a little frustrating for me, having read uh, Return of Bruce Wayne number six this week. Uh, again, check out Funny Books Offline um, this week for my review on it. That Grant Morrison is put in charge of so much of Batman's story when obviously Fabian Nicieza is a much better writer. You know, this guy should be writing the Batman book. You know, he he really should be put in charge of that because he's writing some great stuff. He's, you know, he's a veteran. I mean, the guy's been around for a long time. Forever. He has and, a better feel for these characters than the people actually writing the characters. Yeah, that's this, this was, yeah. yeah. It was just so yeah. well written, this book. You know, I, I would love to see him write Batman, not just Red Robin. So it's a shame. I wish that there was a Batman book out there that I wanted to read. We got Batwoman Zero coming at you, Aaron. Man, I can't (laughs) wait. I'm all over the new Batwoman book. Uh Maybe Batman and Robin by Pete Tomasi will will interest you. I don't know, Paul. I don't know. (laughs) My heart's been broken too many times already. That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, I'm excited that Batman's back in the regular universe. I I wish that Grant Morrison would take a break from writing Batman books. I wish that he'd go follow perhaps a new passion like gardening um, and just <laughs> stay the fuck out of comic books. You know, <laughs> you what, know? what if in Batman they had a panel where Batman's watching TV and watching the news coverage of Magog's head being blown off? <laughs> would you buy it then? Because I might. I, I, I might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He just uh, needs to go start writing for Avatar Press. What I don't understand is <laughs> the Grant Morrison stories sell very well. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I told you. Tools. tools. Yeah, who is <laughs> buying this guy? I mean, he drove me off of X-Men for years. You know, Every book I've ever picked up of his, you know, especially in the last 10 years, has been crap. Who yeah. keeps buying this guy? The entire uh, country of Liechtenstein. Is it a whole bunch of people that just <laughs> think that, you know, because this is confusing, it has to be intellectual? I don't know. I generally like to understand the, the comics that I buy. As a general rule, I like to As a general rule, them. yeah, I like to understand them, you know? I mean, Paul, the sick bastard, has to go to another website to get to interpret his <laughs> damn grand <laughs> You know, and I totally did. I did it for Batman, uh, Return of Bruce Wayne number six. I read the explanation of what happened in the issue, and I'm still confused. <laughs> he did it for you, fans. He did it for you. <laughs> uh, 
Well, speaking of disappointment, Aaron's going to announce (laughs) the winner of his Why the Last Man contest. That's right. Our Why the Last Man contest, if you'll recall from our earlier conversation, it's a book I felt like people told me that I was supposed to like. I didn't care for it, but you know, I recognize that it's quality writing, quality artwork, but just not anything that uh, did it for me. Wayne disagrees with me strongly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm giving away my gently used, previously read first three volumes of Why the Last Man. And uh, one lucky contestant has won these three volumes, and that is GM Withdrawal. He, say, he said that the book that everyone told him he was supposed to like, but he didn't, was Scott Pilgrim. And after reading the first book, he says, I had trouble telling the characters apart and found Scott generally unlikable. Well, I'm hoping that you'll like Yorick a lot more than you liked Scott. And uh, GM Withdrawal, I'll be sending you an email to get your address so we can get these out to you. you know, I, I feel like the movie, you're getting a punch in the face. Yeah, I gotta say, I agree with him, and that probably should have been my answer for it. I really didn't like the Scott Pilgrim comics, but I love the movie. Oh, really? Okay, good. Uh, well, I have a question. Um, his name is Jim Withdrawal. GM underscore Withdrawal. Oh, gotcha. Kinda I have like, no idea what it is. But... Kind of like what we are in Knights of Rainsboro. I suspect, <laughs> I suspect that's not his, his birth name. <laughs> you never know. It's a good Anglo-Saxon name, Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Runs in the family. Uh, <laughs> He's junior. Now, we do have a another contest coming up this week. It starts on Monday. That would be Monday the uh, 15th. And that contest is for one lucky winner will receive both a copy of the Klutz Book of Inventions, which is a book list, listing a, a bunch of unique inventions. And, get this, a flip all-new Slimmer Ultra HD camera. And that contest will run, will run through Friday of the same week. So you can win both a flip camera and a Klutz Book of Inventions. Wow. They both fell out of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so look on, the, look on the website. You'll see all the details on that. You two could win stuff bought with Paul's money. That's right. <laughs> you two could win Aaron's anniversary gift that he doesn't want anymore. Nice. <laughs> Notice he's not Notice denied, he's not denied that. that. No. <laughs> this isn't what I asked for. <laughs> uh, never mind. I'll just keep it. I wanted a Stephanie Brown bowl up doll. Look at this. Well, anything else this week, guys? Not just a big week next week for comics. Huge fucking week for me. Oh, you know, my retailer was complaining about that. He said that it's half the month's uh, inventory all in one week. It is. It is. It's all the Green Lantern books, all the Batman books. It's a big ass week. Yeah. Really? Fortunately, I'm not buying any of those Batman books, so it's not too awful. Yeah, I find that amazing. I find it really amusing every time they do a big week like that, and I have nothing of those. Yeah, I, I well, might have a zero comic book week again. Why what? do they cram them all into one week? Jesus, I've got Artifacts number three, Batman Return, Batman 704, Batman Inc., Batman Streets of Gotham, Dokken, Darkwing Duck, Flash, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Thunderbolts, and X-Men. All in yeah, one week. None of them. <sighs> well, and Osborne number one comes out next week. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have some books next week, but it doesn't look like an overly large week for me. It looks like this week was fairly large. Is anybody getting Spider-Girl number one? You know, I got to say, (laughs) uh, they have a preview of it in the back of um, Amazing Spider-Man 648. And I don't know if it's a preview of the first issue or if it's an original story by the creative team. It's actually not half bad. Was it the same preview that was in the free preview thing we talked about last week? Or no. is this something different? Because what no. was in there was really bad, and it cemented my hell no opinion of the book. You know, honestly, I don't know what was in that free preview last week. So uh, I, it could be. It may not yes. be. Yes, it is, Wayne. Does that, <laughs> does, that, does that make you happy? Yeah, is that what you wanted yes, to hear? <laughs> if Paul likes it and you don't. <laughs> well, now I, might, now I might have to get it if it's going to annoy Wayne. That's $3 well spent, $4, whatever. 
<laughs> it's Marvel. It's three ninety nine. <sighs> Stupid Marvel. No, it's different. Only- it's different. I'm looking at the Sneak Peeks books now. There's only one Marvel book I'm getting next week. Because they like they're like shipping like six. I'm getting uh, Doc and Dark Wolverine, and I think that's it. All right, well, screw you guys. I have a big week next week. It's probably all those damn Batman books. Batman I mean, there's this, Batman that, Batman the other, Streets of yeah, Ghost. Yeah. Four Batman books for me next week. And 50 comes out next week, too. Wow, X-Men is the only Marvel book I'm picking up next week. So when Paul says it's a big week for comics, it's a big week for comics for chumps, is basically. It's a, it's, it's a big week in Paul's pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's never and a big week, week in Paul's pants. Every week is a party pants. in Paul's pants, too. <laughs> every. Oh, you know, um, DC has their next DC Comics Presents book coming out. You know, and that's their uh, their non-trade paperback collections. Um. And actually, I, I'm I'm misspeaking. This is not one of their big ones, but they, you know they've had those DC Comics presents where they've had like the Young Justice collecting the first two issues mm-hmm. of uh, the the Young Justice uh, miniseries that launched the Young Justice series, and it's you know been out of print for forever. And I think they're selling them for like seven ninety nine yeah. at uh, retail. You can pick them up for four ninety nine over at uh, uh, in stock trades, which I think is a much more fair price. Uh, I, I actually have a couple of those on order I'm very excited about. So, yeah, um, I like in-stock trades. I've bought a few things from them. I don't buy as much as I should because I tend to buy it actually in the shop. But everything I've bought, I've got bought a good it. price. And I've found, found things I couldn't find in shops. Well, you know, they've got and – and I hate to do this because I, I, I love to support my local comic book shop. But they've got the Dark Horse books are all 42% off every day. And so you know, if you're looking for a Dark Horse book, you're crazy not to go over there. So, Crazy is what I'm saying. What is InStock Trades paying you <laughs> to mention <laughs> them so much on the podcast? And why aren't you sharing? What I, the, the reason why I'm sharing is that I had a very positive customer service experience uh, with them this week. I mentioned to Paul uh, on Monday. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I ordered uh, uh, some books from InStock Trades, and I ordered the first two trades of Ex Machina. And I uh, accidentally ordered two copies of the first volume and one copy of the second volume. And I told Paul, I was like, "Man, you know, it wasn't that expensive. I'll just, you know, give give a copy away on the site." And then I get an email from them saying, "Hey, did you actually mean to order two of the first volume? Because if you didn't mean to order two of the first volume, we can correct that for you." And I was like, "Holy shit! Who does that?" It was great. It was a very positive customer service experience. That's why I'm touting in stock trades. Ah. So kiss my ass, Paul. Whatever. Yeah. I would have wanted that ex machina trade. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good week. We'll do this all over again next time. Yes. And this time, Aaron will kiss Paul's ass at the end. Oh, yes. I don't think so. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Another yeah. exciting episode of Funny Books Incorporated. <laughs> Funny Books Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.